Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. My next guest on the Sandro Forte podcast uh, works on behalf of the wonderful charity Autistic, and it really is wonderful for reasons you're about to discover. Dr. James Cusack is the CEO of this charity, and he joined it in 2015 following a career in autism research at the University of Aberdeen. Autistica is the UK's national autism research charity that focuses on giving autistic people the opportunity to live long, happy, and healthy lives. They do this by funding research, shaping policy, and working with autistic people in order to help understand their needs. This helps to really make a difference to many, many people's lives. So I'm going to leave the rest to him because it really is a fascinating journey and the work that they do is extraordinary. So thank you, Dr. James Cusack. James, if I can call you that, for coming on to the Sandro Forte podcast today to talk about the amazing work that you all do at Autistica. Great. Well, thank you very much uh, for having me on. I'm really excited uh, to speak to you today. I think we. I think you might be the first Scotsman as well. Uh, my father, my late <laughs> father was born in Scotland, so... Uh, um, I'm not sure we need to. We need a translator, but uh, it's great to have a Scotsman because I, I generally don't think we've had a Scotsman on on the Sandro Forte podcast before. So great! Tell, tell us a little bit, if you would, about uh, where it all began for for Dr. James Cusack. You know your background, and of course, importantly, how you became part of Autistica. Well, for me, um, my, my 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 background in autism started in a very personal way. So, um, you know, from a, from a very young age. Um, my parents were always very aware that I had a range of um, difficulties and challenges. And because I had a younger brother, it was very evident to them that I was quite different in terms of um, how I was developing com- compared to him. Um, but it wasn't until I was uh, 12 years old, despite having quite a lot of support up until that point, that um, it was eventually realized that I, I had autism. Um, and so that diagnosis to me was, 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 was really quite difficult and complicated news to understand at, at this time. But um, eventually, despite, you know, having quite a, a, a negative, sort of low expectations in terms of what I'd, what I'd go on to um, achieve in life, I was able to, to find ways, uh, ways, ways to manage it, some of the difficulties um, that, that I had. And um, I went on to do a, a degree in psychology where I was really interested in autism specifically and then became an autism researcher. So I did a PhD at the University of Aberdeen uh, looking at how autistic people respond to um, human actions compared to uh, people who aren't autistic. And then I did a postdoc. But the whole time, I, what I was really interested in is 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 how do we ultimately ensure that research improves the lives of uh, autistic autistic people? And I got approached about becoming Autistica's uh, director of research um, about six years ago, and you know, to me, it was just a really exciting um, 
opportunity and autistic as a UK's autism research charity. And for me, thinking about how we ensure as a charity that research ultimately improves people's lives was was really, really an exciting opportunity. Um, and I'd been involved up until this point around other things prior to doing the job, things like the Scottish Autism Strategy Bill um, um, reports around how research can make a difference. And so it was a really great fit for me. Um, and so I, 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 I did that job for the director of research job for five years before then just re- very recently in the last two months becoming the, the chief executive of Autistica. And it's, it's, it's been you know, hugely exciting, but also really positive to see the progress that's been made, you know, in that, in that time. I know you're doing some wonderful things. Um, forgive me for asking this, but there's a lot of people out there listening to this, James, mm. that uh, don't even know what autist, uh, autism is. So let's, let's help them if we may at least understand what we're talking mm. about today. What exactly is autism? So the first thing to say about autism is that everyone's, you know, everyone within the autism spectrum is extremely um, different from each other. But autism is a, a developmental uh, disability, which basically means that um, if you're autistic, you you see and uh, process the world around you differently. So. Um, that 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 relates to a range of different things, and so it can relate to certain social aspects. So, autistic people might have a different understanding of communication. They might have specific uh, difficulties uh, in that respect, uh, but also. In terms of non-social aspects as well, autistic people might um, have uh, face specific challenges in terms of things like executive functioning. Um, so that's um, things to do with attention, um, how they manage uh, their attention as well, but also in terms of uh, the, the final thing is sensory sensitivities. And so this is um, how, how sensitive autistic people are to different aspects of the, the environment and the world around them. And so, um, you know, we've all been in environments which we find unpleasant. So many people would find the London underground, for example, un, un, unpleasant. And so it's about, it's, a, it's about the fact that autistic people have particularly heightened sensitivities in that respect, or sometimes even quite low sensitivities as well. And so that, that, that system is affected. The important thing to say about autism is, it all, is that it's extremely common. So one in a hundred people are autistic and that's 700,000 people in the UK. Um, so quite, you know, quite, quite a high number in a country that's a population of 70, 70 million people. Um, and, and, you know, the, 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 for autistic people, um, because uh, their perception of the world is different and because the world is not necessarily built for autistic people. Um, we know that the outcomes that autistic people face as a group are, 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 are quite poor. And so that's why we as a research charity are, are committed to trying to change that. I have to say, as I'm listening to you, I find it fantastic. I mean, it's, it's enlightening to me, James, that somebody that, you know, has grown up with autism the fact that you're ceo of the charity and and you know you're conducting this research and helping so many other people is there is there a degree of kind of um i mean i'm sure you didn't you didn't accept the position for this reason but the, all the research and the work you're doing does, does it help you personally no because it's it's quite mm. unusual to have somebody with you you refer to it as a disability but you know w- w- any kind of challenge in life um the fact that you're kind of dealing with it head on 
um, taking up the reins on behalf of 700,000 people in the UK. Does that mm. help you deal with the condition yourself or has that never formed part of your, your thinking? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good question. Um, so from, from my perspective, I've been quite fortunate in that I got a lot of support when I was um, younger. And so a lot of my motivation really comes from the fact that I've grown up when I, so I grew up in Aberdeen um, around a range of different people who had a range of different needs. And although I felt like I was in a position where with the right support, I could go on to achieve what I would like to uh, in life, it was very evident to me that, um, you know, that a lot of autistic people wouldn't. And, you know, my situation is, 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 is not without complexity in so much as I, I you know, I, I, like, like many autistic people, I, f- I face my own challenges, but fundamentally, I think my motivation is really about the fact that I know that, you know, I, I'm in quite a, a privileged position, both in terms of the, the support that I that, that I have, but also in terms of the support that I require. And so, it's about ensuring that all autistic people get that support and, and an opportunity to to, to to thrive. Because I know that um, that's currently not the case. And, and let's hope today's podcast helps to educate people as well, because you know, there's a lot of misunderstanding around autism. I, I find it extraordinary to hear what you've just said about you know, 16%, if that research is correct, 16% of autistic people in employment and you know, most of them underemployed. And yet, James, some of the brightest people I know are autistic. You know, mm. You've got a degree in psychology. Actually, SNAP, that's one thing we do have in common. But you know, clearly, you've excelled from an academic perspective and yet you there's this dichotomy around you know um academia and yet underemployment i mean it obviously born a lot out of ignorance um and i know a lot of the work that you're doing is to help people understand better autism and you know um and and the many benefits that autistic people can bring to to society so i guess the next question is has there been Difficulty. I probably know the answer to this already, but has there been difficulty in educating society around the understanding of autism, the different challenges and strengths? Because there are a lot of strengths that autistic people bring. It's, we're not just talking about a disability in the negative sense. We're talking about a disability that brings many great qualities to society, to employment, employers, for example. So, do you have a, you know do you have the inevitable challenges around educating society about autism and you know the the many strengths that it that it can bring to to society and to employment. So essentially, yes. And so what we, I mean, it's not all bad news. I should say as well. And so much as if we look at, you know, having, you know, so I've sort of been aware of autism since I was twelve, and so that was, you know. 1997, and I think it's fair. It's it's, it's, it's fair to say that at that point. I don't actually know how aware of autism people were, whereas I now think that society um, is at a stage where they are aware of autism, but I don't actually know how much people understand about it. And I think one of the challenges that society faces is that they see many different autistic people, and I think society wants to sort of understand, okay, what is it to be autistic? And, and I think that the fact is that being autistic can mean that you have very minimal verbal ability and ability to communicate with other people, and you require um, quite extensive support. Um, and potentially, you know, potentially, you know, one person supporting you every day, or even two people supporting you every day. Um, but it can also, you know, 
extend to you know some absolutely amazing people who are who are going on to um, thrive in society. Um, so I think society struggles to understand the massive variety that you see in, uh, across the autism spectrum. But also, I think there's a there's a tendency and a temptation to 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 make assumptions about what autistic people can and can't do uh, in 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 the workplace and i think that that is 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 an example where it's problematic as well and i think there's potentially um a lack of recognition that you know so i think people very much see autism through a lens which is which is essentially about this person has a set of it has a disability, which means that they have a set of difficulties, but ne- they don't necessarily see the fact that actually the way that society is is constructed really, really emphasizes those those difficulties, and perhaps at times is the root cause of those difficulties as well. And mm-hmm. and and what we're finding, so we fund a research project called Discover autism research and employment what we're really finding is if you can make quite simple accommodations you know it doesn't only benefit autistic people it benefits everyone who works there because you're creating a much more um accommodating atmosphere but also it really helps the organization or company's performance if they can accommodate uh, autistic people as well because they then have a much more diverse um high performing workforce which is ultimately you know key for success for any organization mm-hmm. and so for, and so for me like i i always i always think that um that you know for autistic people are, are a fantastic example for society you know it's a, a fantastic test for society in many ways in terms of how accommodating they are to being um, different than this whole concept of of neurodiversity, I think, is really really helpful, not just for understanding autistic people, but for understanding difference more generally. And so, neurodiversity really is about the fact that we all see and understand the world differently because we have because we have different brains. And if we can all begin to understand that, then we'll, the society won't just get better at understanding autism, it'll get better at understanding everyone in society. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think that that's a really, a really positive, um, would be a really positive development. I love, I love what you've just said, actually. And just to pick up on neurodiversity for people who are not necessarily familiar with that expression, um, what you've said, if I can summarize, is that you know, the, the, the neurodiversity that you talk of is the ability for employees, and the example you've just given, to bring people with autism into the workforce because it isn't just about the qualities and strengths that that person brings to the organization or indeed their own uh, society, but also the, the tolerance levels, the level of understanding and the skill sets needed by other people to support that individual in the same way that they're supported. So um, that neurodiversity thing, which many people won't have heard of, I, I clearly is becoming, people are becoming more aware of, of that need in society. Mm-hmm. So that is a, a, a point exceptionally well made. Without being too controversial here, you know, you're, you're a charity, uh, you are raising money. Um, for the skeptics out there, James, uh, where does the money go? Because I mean, you know, let's let's put all our cards on the table. There's lots of charities where people feel a little bit reluctant to support them because they just know it's a bottomless pit. Um, that you know, a penny in the in the pound probably finds its way to the people who need it. Not so in your case, right? You know, you are a 
you're a charity that has a very low cost base um, and you know the money that you're raising is truly finding its way to the people who need it. Is that correct? That's right. So we're quite, we're, well, we're quite, we're, first of all, we're quite a small organization. Um, as, and so, you know, we, we, you know, we're, we have to be very strategic about every pound, um, that we, that we spent. Um, so, you know, one of the, one of the things we worked with, um, we're Deutsche Bank's charity of the year. And the thing that we consistently heard is that per pound, the value that you deliver in terms of impact is, you know, is, is absolutely incredible. And I think that's exactly what we aspire to do. Um, so we, we're, we're, we're a small team of, 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 um, 20 people and, what we what 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 we do with with the funds is is ultimately try and get that out to universities to to fund different types of of research um and also to we have we we employ staff in house who can help facilitate and drive forward research and so, so through some of the although we only um raise um two million pounds a year we use that money to then catalyze millions of pounds of um of of autism research and to really Lead to change, which ultimately makes a difference to people's lives. And a great example of that would be health checks, where um, the, the story that underpinned health checks was really that when I joined the charity in 2015, I, I saw a, a research article which showed that autistic people had a lower life expectancy than you would see in the general population, and and that this particular paper found that autistic people were, were, were dying 16 years younger than the general population. And when I, when I spoke to our, our CEO at the time, he asked, you know, well, well, what's going to happen here? And I essentially said, well, well this research has just been published in a journal and, and I, I don't know how much further it'll go. Um, and so he said, let's, let's, you know, let's, let's do a report on it. And so we, so we, so we, so we did that and um, we got, the whole of um, we got the, we got the, we got, the, we got international attention for it, so we got it on the, the agenda of the U.S. government, um, the U.K. government, European Europe um, European wide attention as well. But also, we were we were looking at what's the research solution, and so we so you know having spoken to a range of researchers, it became clear to me that health checks was the most promising idea, and so we managed to get. Um, Six hundred thousand pounds of funding to do a trial to look at how effective this health check could be, but we also did policy work alongside that to work with NHS England to say, look, we've got a solution here that can ultimately improve autistic people's lives, and because because of that, they've committed to delivering that in their ten-year plan, and so um, as lo- alongside that health check being developed, a health check which will be delivered annually to autistic adults to make sure that their health problems are being addressed. Um, we've been we've been working with government to ultimately ensure that that's implemented. And, and, and if we can do that, this will be one of the, the most effective potentially interventions for autistic adults that can begin to address the health problems that they see. So we're we're all about ensuring that you know the the research ultimately delivers change for people um and ultimately improves improves people's lives because um you know we we just fundamentally believe that the the inequalities that autistic people experience are are unacceptable and that and if we can develop that research um and we can and we can implement it in the real world that's going to make a huge difference 
That's fantastic. What, what I'm hearing is a charity that manages to turn one pound into 10 versus the charities who somehow managed to turn 10 pounds into one. Um, yeah, yeah. No, good, good for you. I, I know you do some amazing things and, and you are very, very careful with the money that you raise. And let's hope as a result of this podcast, we, we raise a bit more for you as well. That's You've great. talked about adults, James. You talked about health checks, which is an, an incredible um uh, in, an incredible um, scheme, if that's the right word, that you are developing, and, and great that NHS England, as you say, have adopted that as part of their ten-year strategy. That's that's an, an amazing result. Let's just talk about children for a second, because mm-hmm. I know that you, you know your research is also about developing self-help tools for children. You know, you were twelve years old, but you'd spent a lot of time kind of thinking that you were different without really knowing you were different. And I suppose if you had your time again, don't want to put words in your mouth. But maybe if you discovered that a bit earlier, if you'd had that help a little bit earlier, you know, things might have been easier for you to deal with as a, as a teenager growing up. Mm. So just talk to us a little bit about what you're doing to help children earlier in the process, which obviously is going to have a very positive impact in later life. Sure. So uh, I, uh, one, of the, one of the key things to say about us that we haven't said today is that for us, a, a massive part of what we do and a massive part of the research that we fund is about meeting people's priorities. And so we don't just fund research which scientists think are interesting. We we listen to autistic people and families uh, across the board and try and fund research which are, are totally focused on their on their priorities. And so that's that has absolutely been our approach to all of our research portfolio and it's particularly reflected in terms of the research that we we fund in children and so when we when we spoke to um autistic people and, and their uh, and their families the things that they were really coming through with was that we want support for mental health issues so actually although being autistic um you know for so many people can bring challenges a, a lot of what we um have 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 heard is that the mental health issues that come with being autistic can be particularly challenging. So we've we've spent a lot of time really focusing on that, and so that means that we've 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 funded some trials which are looking at how can we help autistic people to deal with in particular anxiety. And so we know there are specific things that autistic people can find challenging. So the uncertainty. Um, of 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 life, so you know we know that un- uncertainty is, is a particular problem for autistic people, and that this causes a lot of anxiety. So we're funding funding a, tr- a trial with um, researchers at Newcastle um, to really understand um, how can we support parents to support children to deal with this issue because we know that this is a huge cause of anxiety it's causing real problems with you know doing things that many children take for granted getting to school being able to concentrate in school as well and we know that anxiety for autistic children almost half of autistic children have meet the clinical threshold for an anxiety disorder at any point in time so we know it's a huge problem we're really interested in how we can prevent anxiety and so that's a a big thing that we're looking at which is to really say that you know if if we knew that in any other group that they were going to experience an anxiety disorder we wouldn't just wait for it to happen so how do we now proactively get ahead of that and stop that from happening 
we're funding research as well to really help people with language and communication problems, which we know are a huge issue um, for for children. And we're using something, we're funding a trial into something called PEX, which is about using pictures to help autistic children who maybe can't communicate through other means to, to communicate and um, explain some of their some of their needs to their parents and, and their family members. And so we're we're working with researchers in, in London to do that as well. And so that's that's something which we're really excited about. And these are just quite practical ways of supporting people, which can really hopefully eventually help people to thrive. But th- these are just two of many projects that we're that we're looking at at the moment. And it's really ultimately about putting people in a position where they can where they can ultimately thrive uh, in society. And I think in, in childhood it's so important that we do that because we know that um, that can really support development um downstream the other thing that we've we 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 funded in the past is 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 research which looks at um how autism affects people in really early development so like 6 to 12 months or 6 to 24 months and we we find a way of, of effectively identifying people who are likely to be diagnosed with autism before they get diagnosed and that has meant that um we've been able to understand autism in the really early stages and one and, and the fascinating things that we've really found or the fascinating thing that we've really found there is that we find that autistic babies effectively have difficulties with some of our differences in terms of some of how they process um social behaviors so things like eyes and eye contact and, and and but they also show real strengths as well from a really early age and so if you ask uh, babies that are um autistic to do visual search tasks they will do that better than non-autistic babies and so what you're seeing is that this is not uh you know this is this is quite a, a complex picture where you're seeing strengths but also differences as well in, in terms of the more social aspects of behavior so it's it's a really fascinating picture it's fantastic and hopefully we've uh, we've opened people's a few more people's eyes to autism and um, all those i mean we talked a lot about um the fact that it's a disability but we've also talked uh, in an objective way about all the strengths that autistic <laughs> people bring to society and, and to employment as well so uh, final question james and i'm fascinated to hear your answer on this just because of your amazing journey through life and all that you've achieved uh, the one question that we ask all of our guests um, is if you could have your life all over again, if you were, for example, talking to a younger version of yourself right now, and that young man said, so James, you know, given all that you know about life, all that you've learned, you know, the, the, the pitfalls and, and the great uh, moments where um, life couldn't have got any better along the way, taking all those things into consideration, what's the one piece of advice you would give to that younger version of yourself taking into account that all you've learned on that journey? Yeah, it's a really, it's a really good question. And I, I think the, I've definitely learned a, a few major things along the way. I think the one thing that I, I really remember was when, was when I got my diagnosis, I thought this is really bad news because it means that I'm really different from everyone else. And, um, and it looks like I'm going the, the next, the rest of my life is going to be quite difficult, <laughs> basically. And um, I think, I think the thing that we're all beginning to realize, but I think it's really important to realize as well is that I think 
you know, in terms of doing certain things in life and certain, certain things in life, we think that you have to be a certain type of person to uh, fulfill a certain type of role. And I think it's a society we sort of tend to promote this view that if you are a CEO, you're this type of person and you have to be, you have to have these types of skills or have this type of personality or, you know, to, you know, and it's the same to do anything, you know, and it exists across everything. You know, if you want to be, do sport, I do running. You know, if you're a runner, you have to look this way, or you know, you have to, you know, you have to have this sets of skills. And I think, you know, I think the main thing that I've really learned is you, you have is to challenge the assumptions around, um, you know, what people think that you need to be and, and, and don't, don't, don't think that because you're not a specific type of person that you can't do, you know, a specific type of role. And I think that's really, really relevant to the points that we talked about earlier around neurodiversity, which is that, is that if we all understand that, okay, you might be different, but that's fine. You don't have, it's not, it's not one type of person that can do mm. You know, a specific role. And so there are a range of different, for example, chief executives out there in the world or, and people in, in, in those types of roles. And I think what I've really, really learned is that, you know, if you embrace, you know, if you embrace that and you understand yourself, um, then actually you don't need to, you don't need to sort of fall into trap of thinking, Oh, I need to sort of mold myself into, um, a specific type of person actually. Um, actually you can you can you, you can learn to use what you have and, and get the best out of that and i think that, that that would be really helpful i think that's something that in society people would um really benefit from understanding as well because i think that although receiving an, an autism diagnosis was difficult i often feel that i'm quite lucky in a way because um there's there are people who go through their whole life not really understanding themselves and um if you if you understand yourself and you understand how you're different from other people mm. that's actually a huge op- that's actually a, you know to understand that from 12 years old is a huge opportunity it's actually a huge opportunity to really understand how you need to develop yourself but also understand you know what what things maybe you won't have and who you need around you to really to really thrive as well what an amazing objective that would be to help 700,000 people in the UK understand themselves because most of the rest of us go through life without ever really understanding ourselves. So, um, yeah. you know, long may you continue to do what you're doing and, and I wish you all the success going forward with all the extraordinary things you're doing. And, and you, you said it so well. Um, you didn't use the word label, but, you know, how many of us live our lives with this kind of label um, hanging out the back of our shirts or or you know, it's just, it's extraordinary that we, we live a, a life of kind of conformity, believing we should act and behave or look a certain way. And I think you've articulated the answer to that final question really, really well. So um, sadly, time is against us. I hope uh, lots and lots of people listening to this podcast, James, get, really get behind what you're doing uh, in the way that I did, because I, I really do truly believe that what you're doing is, is extraordinary. And, I, and as I said, continue to do what you're doing because it's absolutely brilliant. So uh, Dr. James Cusack, thank you once again for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast. Thank you very much.